0: Over Can we say you, amen? You don't sound like you want to say amen. I, I, need, I need us to do better. Come on. Come on, let's stand on our feet for a minute. Come on, I know God's been good to you. I know God has blessed you today. I know God has kept you alive today. Father, we just thank you for life and, and life more abundantly. We thank you for life itself. We thank you for just keeping us safe and bringing us to the house of worship. Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Someone can be saved tonight. Somebody can be delivered tonight. Somebody can be transformed tonight, even in the Bible study, even in the worship. Father, we just say thank you for this opportunity that we have to share the gospel, to share the good news, to touch our heart, to transform our life. Lord, we just say thank you. Can we say hallelujah? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You got to help me. You got to help me. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, you know, you you, Pastor Hubie, I don't think they know the Jesus that we're talking about. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is all in all. He's a good, good Father. He's blessed you today. I see your family is intact. I see smiles on your faces. I see the blood running warm through your veins. I'm talking about a mighty God. I'm talking about an awesome God. I don't know if he saved your life, but he saved my life. He took me from death to life. That's the kind of guy we serve. Come on, Grace, you got to come help us. Come help us. We need to be in worship mode when we're studying the word of God. And Sister Grace is going to bless us. Just 30 seconds, a minute. Come on, sing with the,
1: let's
0: sing with the. sing Hallelujah. of the goodness yes, we will. of yes, God oh yes, my life, All my life. Come on, let's give him some praise. Come on, come on, we can do better. You, you, you clap like you're clapping for me. I'm talking about clapping for Jesus. That's a different type of clap. It says, oh, clap ye hands to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? We got to be glad about this thing. Amen? The world is dark enough. People are depressed. People are anxious. People are killing themselves, committing suicide but we have Jesus, amen? We have the Lord. If we can't demonstrate happiness, if we can't demonstrate joy, if we can't demonstrate the goodness of God, who can? Who can, amen? Amen. We're the witness. I always said, people, Pastor Hume, people might not read the Bible, but they're gonna read you. The only Bible that some people know is you. At work, you might not be able to bring a Bible and put it on your desk and preach a sermon at work, but they watch your behavior, amen? And when something happens in their life, they lose a loved one, they get sick with cancer, something happens, guess who they're going to come to? They're going to come to you. And They said, when you went through, you, were, you had, still had joy. When you went through, you still were positive. How did you do it? And that's your opening, Amen. Let let me tell you what happened when I had quadruple bypass and I was laying on that table and how God delivered me. Let me tell you when somebody in my family had cancer and God delivered them. Amen. That's your opening to share Jesus. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Okay. So, let's, let's quickly, let's say a quick prayer. Lord, we just thank you for tonight We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the life-transforming Word that will go out tonight. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, just do your work. Holy Spirit, you do the teaching. Lord, just thank you for tonight. All these people that have come out tonight, just bless them. All the people online, just bless them in a special way. May someone get a revelation for their life. May someone be saved tonight, delivered, set free tonight based on the Word of God. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's do a quick review. Let me put my eyes on so I can see. Let's do a quick review of last week. Was anybody here last week? Was anyone here last week? For last, Okay, so Hubie, my brother, my sister. Okay, so let's do a quick review. Can someone give me what the title was, the subject? Uh, what was the subject for last week's teaching? It was uh, Minister Yvette. What was the title for last week? You can use your notes if you have your notes. It's an open book. Now, you know me, you know me, I will call you, you know, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, Brother David's going to save us and going to save you. I know because I have the notes, so we're going to save you. Brother David, what was the topic for last week? What was it? Submitting to the Lord, submitting yourself yourself to God. What scriptures did that come from? What scriptures did that come from? All right, go. Well, we know James. Aren't we doing a book? Brother Javier, he said James. Well, we know James. That's the books that we're doing a study on, right? What was the scriptures? Chapter 4, 1 to 12. Amen. Submitting to the Lord. So, Since that was the topic, then why is it necessary to submit ourselves to the Lord? What was the reason that we had to submit ourselves to the Lord? What was the point of the study? Don't make me do all the work. Pastor Hubie up front. the Apostle James charges uh, very sternly the Christians as adulterers for being Mm -hmm. friends of the world. Amen. So what was happening in the church, there were quarrels and there were conflicts within the church. So I think Minister Yvette pointed out that in the early church, we were talking about primarily made up of Jewish Christians and that the word was also talking to us. And James is addressing the source of quarrels and conflict within the church. Amen? And the reason that there was conflict is because we were choosing the worldly wisdom over godly wisdom. And once she pointed out, once you start down that path of choosing worldly wisdom over godly wisdom, it's a slippery slope. Amen? She talk, went on to talk about how God, how we... Uh, we're having an adulterous relationship, and we were more interested in the worldly ways than the godly ways. And Jesus, the Lord, is a jealous God. So you have to choose, God or the world, right? You have to make that choice, amen? Now, once you make that choice and you humble yourself to God, right, you submit to God, you humble yourself, he gives you a grace, <laughs> Amen? And that grace allows that if you can submit to God, then you can submit to each other. I think Pastor Yawande would tell you there's sometimes where we lead and there's sometimes when we submit to others, right? The only way you can do that in the flesh is to have the Holy Spirit in you because our worldly nature is we always want to be the boss, right? But when you submit to God, it doesn't take anything away from me to be able to submit to my brother, to my sister. Sometimes I'm in charge. Sometimes they're in charge. So I have to submit to authority that's over us. Amen? Amen. What else? One more point from last week. Anybody? One more point from last week. All right. So does that cover it? So the most important thing she said at the end was, when you humble yourselves before the Lord, he will do what? When you humble yourself to God, what will he do to you or for you? the Grace, do you know? He, Wow. Nobody gave you an amen. On when you humble yourself to God, he will lift you amen. up. He's a lifter. <laughs> He's a lifter of your... He's a lifter. He will promote you. He will exalt you. Amen? But that only comes to people who can submit to him. So that's not the way the world works, right? But that's the way it works with God. When we humble ourselves and are lowly and when we serve each other and when we serve our brethren and when we serve the world, right, God lifts you up. I'm blessed. You're blessed. Why? Why? Because if you submitted yourself to God. And that's a key lesson that we got from last week. So let's, let's move on to this week. So who can tell me what the topic is for this week? Now, well, My friend David has me hot. brother Pastor Hubie, he got me hot in here. <clears throat> Thank you. See how that's not a hard thing for my brother to help me, to help me out? only because he knows that I will do the same for him that he's submitted to God. He's a servant of God. doesn't matter what it looks like. He's a servant of God, right? There's no embarrassment for someone to bring me water, right, to serve another person because I'm submitted to God. I'll do any. People say, people say PY, people say, oh, well, why do you want to help pastor? And, and why, why have you been helping pastor for 15 20 years, I mean, why would you do that? Don't you want your own thing? You should have your own. Look, my time will come. Your time will come. But God God can't promote you until you can serve others. When you can serve someone else, now the opportunity comes to you because you've shown yourself faithful. P.Y., you've shown yourself faithful over the years. She can be trusted. Amen? I can tell P.Y. anything. And if I say P-Y, that's between me and you, I know it's between me and her. Why? Because she's been tested. She's gone through. I know that she's a woman of God. Amen? Amen. So let's move on. So tonight, what is tonight's subject? It's on the paper. I'm not asking anything hard. What is tonight's topic? Okay. Is that on? Can you help Brother Javier? Warning against boastfulness. What does that mean? Why why is why is boastfulness a problem, particularly for Christians? Why is boastfulness a problem, particularly for Christians? Why is that a problem? What's what's wrong with boasting? For a Christian. Somebody want to help me? Not a trick. My sister. Are we okay with the mics? All right. So we'll move on. So let's read the scripture and then we'll describe why boastfulness is a problem for Christians. So we're going to read, can I get a strong reader to read it with emphasis, James 4:13 to 17. We're going to be reading the Amplified Bible. So since our, until our mics come, I'll just read it. It says, Come now and pay attention to this, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make a profit. Yet, You do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow. What is secure in your life? You are merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. Instead, you you ought to say, what? If the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. But as it is, you boast vainly in your what? Pretension and arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is the, is right to do, but does not do it, to him it is what? It is sin. So boasting is evil. Boasting is a sin to God. Amen. Amen. So what is boasting? Don't read my thing. What is boasting? Bragging. Amen. Who said bragging? Very good. It's bragging. It's to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities, and to praise oneself extravagantly in speech, speak of oneself with excessive pride. Has anybody been around a braggart? I don't know about you, but I've been around <laughs> I've been around some bragging folks and I tell you what, you know what I do now? When somebody starts bragging, I'm out of there. <laughs> because I can't take it. When I was younger, I could take it. As I've gotten older, brother Javier, my patience is is a lot lower. And before I say something wrong, I just move <laughs> I just move on because I don't want to, I don't need to hear somebody. But now, if they're bragging on God, that's different. But if they're bragging on themselves and what they did, oh, I got to hear about their new house, PY. I got to hear about their new car. I got, not, not, not giving God the glory, but what they, oh, they got this new job, uh, a $50,000 promotion. Yeah, but you're not giving, you're talking about what you did. We're not talking about what you did. We're talking about how God blessed you. Who can tell me who gives you the power to get wealth? Who does the Bible say gives you the power to get wealth? P.Y., who gives us, who gives us the power? God gives you the power. That's in Deuteronomy. If you look on your phone, Deuteronomy, I believe that's uh, chapter 8. I have it in my notes. I think it's eight, 818. Yeah, Deuteronomy 818. Let me read that for you in the New King James version it says and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the power to get well so it's your good looks that gives you the power to get well is that is that why not in my case. no not in my case either it's it's that you work hard is that is that how you do it by working hard No, it comes from God, amen, and your relationship with God. It says, he gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So everything comes from God, including wealth. He blesses us. He gives us favor, amen. So when you... Are financially strapped or going through hard times? Who should we go to? Should we go to our boss? Is that the first place we should go to our boss? Who should we? Who should we go to? Brother, Brother Javier said, "Straight up, Amen. God, I need a blessing. <laughs> God, you know my situation. God, I need more than a blessing, Py. I need a miracle." but you're the God of miracles, <laughs> right? God can provide when no... Matter of fact, he's your provider. He's your Jehovah Jireh, your provider, amen? I thank God for having a provider. I know my bills are gonna get paid. I just know it. When I give my tithes, when I give my offering, when I'm faithful to God, he's gonna bless me, amen? He says, test me in this. And I will pour out a blessing, so what? So great that you will not have room enough to receive it. Amen? That's the God we serve. Now, I'm not saying you don't go to your boss, right? But ask God first, and he will give you the plan. He will give you the direction. He will tell you who to talk to. He will tell you who not to talk to. Matter of fact, you can't tell everybody your business. Amen? You need to go to certain people when you're talking about stuff like that. I don't I don't tell everybody my financial <laughs> business, amen. I don't tell everybody my private business. Only certain people qualify for that. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. So boasting is, I think we did we read that? Talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, abilities, to praise oneself. Are we supposed to be praising ourselves or are we supposed to be praising praising God, extravagantly in speech. Speak of oneself with excessive pride. How does God feel about pride? P.Y., how does God feel about pride? What's his outlook on pride? Hmm? He humbles the proud. Amen. I think that's something that really bothers God. Why? Because you focus on what you do rather than him and what he does. He's the source of everything. Amen? So, you have to recognize that everything comes from him. So, what is what is pretension? He connects pretension with that. What does that mean? It's a claim or assertion, allegation of doubtful value. So, you're making claims about yourself that are not true, right? You believe it, but it's not true. What about arrogance, Arrogance is an attitude of superiority manifested in an overbearing manner, an offensive display of superiority, or self-importance. Do any of us have people like that at work? I see people shaking their head. That's one of the biggest problems at work, in a work environment. Not for me, because I work here at the, at the church, but in, I used to work in corporate and dealing with people's egos and dealing with people's arrogance is a big problem because you want to say something to somebody, but they're your boss. <laughs> they control your uh, bonus. They, they, they have influence. They're, they get along with the CEO of the company, right? So if you say something or you find yourself on the wrong side, you have a problem, right? But that arrogance can just eat you up if you allow it. And we're saying don't, don't allow it. Because God is your source. So why is this subject important to James and to God? And why do we, does he need to warn us about boastfulness? So we've explained boasting. We've explained pretension. We, I mean, does the guy really say anything bad? He says, today or tomorrow, we will go to such a city, to such and such a city, spend a year there, carry out our business, and make a profit. I mean, is that such a big, I mean, it seems like an overreaction from James to me initially. Why is that a a problem? Is our mic working? Amen. So why is that a problem? Somebody help me. Does that sound like boasting to you? Grace, does that sound like boasting to you? Hmm? Who can tell me why that statement bothers James and bothers God? Today or tomorrow, we will go to such a such a city, spend a year there, and carry on our business, and make a profit. Okay. Okay. Amen. Amen. There's no statement, there's nothing in their statement that refers to God. Right? I'm going to go do this. I have a plan, and I'm going to do this and that, and I'm going to make a profit. And James comes back and says, wait a minute, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What are you talking about? You're going to do this? You're going to do that? Where's God in this? Where's your dependence on God? Where's your need for For God, I thought you were supposed to be walking with God. I thought you were supposed to be following God. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans for success, plans for good, not of evil. To give you what? A hope and a future, right? So God has a plan, but your goal is to get, or should be, to get on his plan, right? What you cannot do is God is going one direction, and P.Y., we're going another direction direction, guaranteed failure. I can guarantee you, you will be unsuccessful if God wants you to turn right and you turn left. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will do what? He will direct your path. (laughs) Amen? But that's trusting. That's leaning. That's aligning yourself with him. That's not saying what I'm going to do. That's not saying, oh, you just go out and somebody offers you a job, you just take the job. PY, is that what we should do? No, no, no. I'm just saying somebody, you're just interviewing, somebody just offers you a job, you just take the job. Grace, is that what you should do? Is that what you should do, my sister? No. No. Do you know that some jobs are the worst thing for you? There's certain jobs you don't want. <laughs> Amen. You want to be where God wants you. Some, let me tell you, sometimes you have to take a little less money and listen to God than take some inflated salary because there's conditions that come with those inflated salaries. Trust me, nobody's going to pay you 100 grand, 200 grand, and have some minimum demand on you. The demand is going to be higher. People that make a half a million dollars, trust me, they are busting. What did Twitter Twitter just say to people? Look, if you're not willing to work 24-7, you better just leave. (laughs) Now, we'll pay you severance. Just go, because the demand on you is going to be 1,000%. Amen? That's what they require. So anyway, so let's move on. This is important to James, because James starts out, he says, Come now, pay attention. He's saying something of value for us to take note of for our lives. So the way I break this down is I believe there's two parts. What not to do and what to do. Do we get that? What not to do and what to do. So what not to do is verse 4, I mean uh, 4, 13 through 14. Uh, then what to do is 4, 15, and 17. So the first problem that he has is with verse 14a. What may happen tomorrow? Can someone read Proverbs 27, 1? It's on the paper. Give, give it to Javier. He's right there. Proverbs 27, 1, NIV. Do not about tomorrow. You do not know what a day may bring. Do not boast about tomorrow. Do not brag about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring. They weren't reading, Pastor Hubie, they weren't reading their Old Testament. (laughs) Amen? They weren't reading it. They should have known that already. Amen? Do not boast. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? My sister, do you know what's going to happen? Sitting here right now, do we know what's going to happen tomorrow, my sister? Do you know what's going to happen? No. We don't know, right? But God knows. It says in Isaiah forty six ten, New Living Translation, it says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Only Jesus can tell you the future before it ever happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. Our Father knows your future. <laughs> How come we don't ask him? How come we don't ask? If he knows the future and we're his children, why wouldn't he tell us the future? Who can help me with that? If he knows the future, why didn't he just tell you? Aren't I his child? Why, why is this confusing? God, why don't you just tell me so I can, we, we can just move on? Tell me, why didn't he just tell us the, the future? My sister. Now we're getting ready to get some wisdom from our young people. Why doesn't he just tell us the future?
2: I mean, because, like, we're supposed to experience it for ourselves.
0: Okay. So he wants you to go through experience. That's very good. That's very wise. Amen. Who else? Sister Tommy. If God knows the future and we are his children, why doesn't he just tell us so we can move on?
3: I think it also wants us to trust him.
2: It wants, that, wants us to. I remember, like you know, the story of the children of Israel when they were in the desert, and they would, the manna would fall, and they would, and he would say they shouldn't keep for the next day because he will provide for the next day. And I think it's just working on us to trust in him for every day, what we what we need for every day.
0: Amen. If he told you the future, I don't think you could handle it. I don't think you could handle it. What if he told you you were going to die next week? Does anybody want that type of news? No. So he only gives you enough. Uh, uh, Somebody can help me. That scripture says he only gives you what you can bear. He only tells you what you can handle. But I believe he reveals to us the closer we are to him. So you can ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know, help me with my life. Give me direction. Guide my path. And the Holy Spirit will speak. Should I take this job? Should I take that job? Should I move here? Should I move there? You know, some people just move. They don't even consult God. They just pack up the family and just go somewhere. Maybe that's not the move for you. You have to know that God knows what's best for you. And you have to ask him so he can give you. It says, when we ask, we ask what? We ask a miss. We ask the wrong question. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the. I have to make a decision. Lord, I don't know what to do. Direct my past. Speak, speak to my heart. There's a song that says, Speak to my heart, Lord. Give me your holy word. Tell me what I need to do for my life. Amen. God will tell us if we move close to him. Amen? Let's move forward. How are we doing on time? 740. How are we doing online? Amen. Amen. Let's move forward. So, verse 14b talks about how short life is. I used, when I was young, I thought life was so long. You know when you're a little kid, You think life is forever, right? You look at people and say, oh, people who are 80, people who are 90. You just think life is so long. Is that God's perspective? What is God's perspective on life and time? What does he say in the scripture that we read? What did God say about life or us? What does he say? Verse 14b, what does it say? You are merely a what? A vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot. Does anybody cook? I don't cook. So does anybody? My my wife cooks. I don't. I can't cook anything. You cook? Amen. You can make me something. Bring it to church. You are merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot, That is visible, what? For a little while and then vanishes into thin air. So I have my demo since uh, Ministry Vet did a demo last week. PY, I thought I'd do my own. The only thing I could find was uh, some glade, joyful citrus and daisies. (laughs) Amen? So here's a, that's our life. That's our life. I mean, I know you think you have a long life to you. That's our life from God's perspective. Now, you see how it's gone? We were here, right? But then we're gone. PY, can you still see the, the thing? That's how our life appears to get. You're only here for a short time. We think we have all this time. We're not maximizing every day, we're not maximizing life, we're not doing everything we can do for God. People say, oh, Kip, why do you go? crazy doing all this stuff for church and God and, and PY? Why do you do all this stuff for church and, and follow the pastor and do this and try to move Agape along and get people saved? and do? What, I mean, what is the big deal? Calm down. Calm down. Tommy, you don't need to be doing all this stuff. I mean, Javier, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to share the good news and get people saved? Let me tell you why. Because that's how short our life is. And we don't know how much time we have. I thought I had a long life, and God had to give me a wake-up call, Sister Cassandra. I thought I had, oh, I'm going to see my daughter get married, have my grandkids, and I'm going to see Christian graduate high school and go to college. All this is in my mind. I'm believing that this is going to happen. James and Jesus is saying, bro, your life is like a vapor. It's like a puff of air. It's here and it's gone. You better maximize every day. And some of us from time to time say, oh, why did that have to happen? Why did I have to go through open heart surgery? The reason is to get a wake-up call (laughs) on my life. Sometimes people go through cancer, go through different things. Now, that's of the enemy, but you can learn from it. You can maximize Jesus didn't put me through that to cause me pain. But I think I can learn from it and say, you know what? I need to make the most. I'm just a vapor. I'm here today, gone tomorrow. I need to maximize my life for Jesus Christ. Amen? Every day I need to tell somebody or at least be a representative of Jesus in this this world. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. So to back that up, that life is short. Can somebody read 39, uh, Psalm thirty-nine five, um, Quickly.
2: You've made my days so short. My lifetime is like nothing in your eyes. Yes, a human life is nothing but a puff of
0: air. Right. So, see, they keep forgetting the Psalms. They keep forgetting the Proverbs. They, they keep forgetting. So, James has to remind them, right? He has to take them back. You've made my days so short. My lifetime is like nothing in your eyes. He's talking about... From the Lord's viewpoint, yes, a human life is nothing but a puff of air. So to give you perspective, let's look at Psalm 90 verse 4. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, like a watch in the night. God is moving at light speed. He's going through time. He's going forward. He's going back. He's going a thousand years... He's not limited by any time. There's nothing that holds him back, right? When he views up us, he's like, Kip, you're only, I mean, you're here for a quick thing. Why are you not ministering the gospel? Why are you not sharing the word of God? Why aren't you sharing the, look, you may be out of here next week. I can't tell you that because you can't handle it, but get to work. (laughs) Get to work. Your time is short. If nothing else that you get from the study Make the most of every moment. Every day, love your kids, love your spouse, lo- love the people around you, love your church, give to God, share the gospel, minister the gospel, right? Every day, the word should be maximized, maximized, amen? Amen. So let's move to what to do. So, so can somebody tell me what James and what the Lord said we should do. So we talked about what not to do, right? What should we do based on the scripture? What should we do? Cassandra, what should we do? We know what not to do. What should we do?
2: Okay, this says three things we should say. We shouldn't be so presumptive. So number one, if the Lord wills, sovereignty, omniscient, control, authority. Psalm 24 verse 1. Ephesians
0: five seventeen. Would you like me to read those? Uh, I'll help you. I'll read those. So Psalm twenty four one is the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. And then Ephesians five seventeen talks about understand what the will of God is, and in Him understand what the will of God is. Amen. Go ahead. Go on.
2: We will live. Pres, um, preserves, oh, perseveres, Preser- oh, I'm sorry, preserves our lives, Psalm 66, verse 9, keeps us among the living, Acts 17, 28. Amen.
0: So, the first, we should know what the Lord's will is. Second, we should know, we should make sure that we're living. I think the first thing every day is when you put your feet on the ground, when you get out of bed, am I alive? <laughs> that, that's, that's the first thing you should do. Amen. Don't take life for granted. And what's number 3?
2: Number 3. We will do this and that should be in alignment with God's will. John 6:35. Behavior and plans should consistently demonstrate dependence upon the Lord.
0: Amen. So, if the Lord wills, right? That's being under his sovereignty, his omniscience, his control, his authority, we will live he will preserve our lives, and he will keep us among the living. And then we should say, we will do this, and we should do that, which puts us in alignment with God's will, and our behavior and our plans are consistent, consistently demonstrate dependence on the Lord. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? My brother, can we give him a mic? Grace?
4: Um, I just, as we're reading this, like, mm-hmm. one of the things that came, just came to my mind was um, my wife and I were watching this show called Chosen. We mm-hmm. uh, were just talking about the ministration of Christ on earth. Um, and, and, and in, that, in those, some of the episodes, like, you would see people who were leopards, who were lame. But even in their in their depth of being down and being broken they would ask christ like if you will please heal me and i feel like sometimes we as christians we just because christ is not in human form we take advantage of like hey it's he's got me he's watching over me so i'm just like you said i'm just gonna move to the next house and get to get the job hmm. i'm not asking if he will he's already done it or i i just knew he's gonna do it I feel like if Christ was in every, if was walking with us in human from each day I feel like that should be the same attitude like Christ God or oh Jesus if you will as I go today as I drive I want to make sure there's no accident if it's your will can I say hi to this person can I love them can I give them a hug like that given that perspective was just Like reading this and just kind of looking at that, saying like, if you will, God, like even when we ask, sometimes when we ask, we don't ask if it's your will. We just say to God, I need a car. I need a job. I didn't have, I didn't get paid last week. I just, I need something. You don't ask if you will, God, give me what I need to provide for today and the
0: next. Right. So what, what James is trying to say is we have to get in alignment with Jesus. We have to get, make sure we're dependent on Christ to make sure that we're in his... Anything that you ask outside of his will is not for you. Can I say that again? Anything that you ask or that you want that is not in his will for you is not for you. I can't tell... See, that's what wisdom does over time. What wisdom does over time is it, it forces you... You get tired of making mistakes over and over and over again, right? So us that are 50 and over, I don't, I'm not going to say who that is. I'm 50 and over. I will just talk about myself. What we learn and where we get wisdom is not making the same mistake over and over again. And we've learned, we try to learn over time, I have to be in the will of God. Amen. And I'll give you an example. Sometimes uh, we're in situations where we're actually dealing with a person who is, who is dying. Amen? So someone is passing, they're dying, they're sick. And I went to visit uh, one of my best friends in the hospital. He was my, one of my closest friends. And he was in the hospital and he was on his deathbed and, and he was being kept alive by machines. And I think people wanted me to say that he would, PY, they wanted me to say he would get up and everything would be fine. And what the Holy Spirit, and and now the wife is there, the children are there, and what the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a small voice was no, don't don't give people false hope because you don't know. Say that God's will will be done in this case. If God's will is for that person to rise and to be healed at this moment, that will happen. But if that's not God's will and God says, this is my son and daughter, I want them to be with me in paradise right now, God will call them and they will go. So I learned that in certain situations. Now, I mean, we're always praying for the best, we always want the best for the person, but I'm not gonna set somebody up with the false hope that is outside of God's will. I always wanna say, God's will will be done. Amen? In your life. Because God wants the best for you. What did we say? He wants you to succeed, right? He wants good for you. He's always looking out for your best. Jesus is always looking out for your best. So I'm running on time. Let's move. Let's move. Does that make sense? Are we good? How are people online? Are we good? Let's see. So, so Minister uh, Yvette agrees with me. She says anything that you ask outside of His will is not for you. I think that's what I said, right? Amen. So let me ask you: How do we align ourselves with God's will? If God's will is so important, how do we align ourselves with God's will? What do you do? What do you do to align yourself? with God's will, or what should we do to align ourselves with God's will? Because I'm not an expert in that because I'm still making mistakes at, at 60 years old. Sister Cassandra.
2: What I do to align myself to God's will is I, sometimes, I pray about it, and then sometimes he's leading me to a fast, so I end up fasting about it. Um, however long I ask God, however long do you want me to do, to do this fast? And I, and I do it. And I ask him for strength to do it. And oftentimes when I'm fasting, I feel like I get more downloads from him. So I um, also try to journal as well as I'm hearing him speaking, I write it down. Amen. So that is way, uh, the ways that I go about um, getting downloads and direction from
0: God. Amen. So, so what is the ultimate? People fast for a lot of different reasons. What is the ulti- ultimate point of fasting that you mentioned? What is the ultimate point of fasting? You said it. Yeah, to hear from God. To draw close,
2: yeah, draw near
0: closer to God. God. It's not for an outside expression. I think they were talking about the Pharisees, how they, they disfigure their faces so people can talk about them fasting and how religious they are. No, no, no. It's to get really close to God. So you give everything else up to be close to God, to hear from him. Amen? Amen. Who else? How do we get um, me, close to God's will?
1: I think in addition to like um, really um, hearing from God in prayer, I think intense study of the word of God consistently, that I think is the ultimate way to really hear God's will. Um, God, God always speaks to us through his word. You, you sort of get like even the, I think the things that his promises for us, you know, long uh, long life a divine health like things like that you really start to learn what he actually wants what his will is in those areas and then for me at least hearing from God and growing in that the word of God actually gives vocabulary to what God is speaking to me in my heart and the more and more I actually do it there are times where God actually lights up his scripture in my spirit and I don't I can't remember or even know what the scripture is and then I go there and bam, it's exactly <laughs> what I need to hear. So that, that's,
0: that's my experience. Hey, Amen. Do, do you think it's coincidence that you can take a Bible with all these pages and just open up something and just be listening to the Holy Spirit? And that page that you opened up is the word and the revelation for your... I mean, is that just coincidence or is that the leading... Of the Holy Spirit, or someone calls you, or the devotional uh, page talks exactly about what you're going through at that moment. Do you think that's just coincidence? No, that word is speaking to you. His His word. Uh, somebody help me. His word will not return void. It will accomplish what it was set out to do. His word is alive. It's not a dead thing. His word speaks to you and speaks to your heart and directs you, guides you, teaches you through the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. It just amazes me how, you know, I can look at this study and say, oh, James, what does he have to say to me? No, he's speaking in his word. Amen, my sister.
5: ruler, uh, Jesus told him, you have to lay everything down and follow me. And he said, I can't. And Jesus said, well, things are impossible with man, but all things are possible with Amen. Christ. Sometimes I just have to ask him, God, this is what I want. I can't do it, but please give me a right heart.
0: Amen. To, to, to follow your will. Amen. Now, that's a big step. That's a big step that we all have to get because the Bible talks about when we are weak, He is strong. Amen? So the first admission is, I can't do it. But I can do it being dependent on you. God, you can do it. PY. It's all in the dependence. It's all in the reliance. It's all in the trusting. It's all in the faith that you have in God. I can't do anything. Listen to this. If Jesus says, I can't do anything without the Father, doesn't he say that? I only can do what I see the Father doing. I only say what the Father says to me. So if Jesus, who is King of kings, Lord of lords, can't do anything without the Father, Pastor be, what about us? What, what can, PY, what can I do without Jesus? What can I do? I can't do anything. That's the first step, is that admission. Once I make that admission, I'm nothing without God. Isn't that a song? Isn't that, uh, who sings that? I have nothing without, I think that's a song. Anyway. Once you make that admission, I think God steps up and says, you you, you understand now. Now you need me. You're dependent on me. Now I can make this thing happen. P.Y. Yeah, I
3: just want to add that uh, obedience is very important. Amen. Especially. God in little things, it becomes easy for us to align with him. And uh, especially in tough situations, you know, Christ, because of his total submission and obedience, even when he says it was difficult, you mm-hmm. know, in the Garden of God's that was what he was saying, not my will, but yours be done. And that is absolute
0: alignment. Amen. Amen. Now, I think it talks about God Jesus was equal to God, but he didn't use that to his advantage, right? He's still saying, even though I'm God like you, I'm still dependent on you. Father, not your will, not not my will, but your will be done. And that's what he's, isn't that what he's talking about? If the Lord wills. Again, if Jesus has to submit to God's will, how much more us? How much more us? That's number one. That's the starting point. So submitting to his will, number one. We're alive. <laughs> we realize we're alive. That's number two. And what's number three? Then we align with his will, and then we will do this, and we do do, do that. I think that's how we need to start every day. Amen? Those three steps. So we're we're going to just go through this thing because... He's talking about boasting, and our subject was what? Warning against boastfulness. So what things can we boast about or should we boast about, and what things should we not boast about? So I got a list here, but don't just use my list. So who can tell me what should we boast about? What is okay to boast about? Help me out. What can we boast about? My sister? I like her. She's not afraid of anything. What, can, what is okay to boast about as a Christian? Like God himself. Wow. Look at number one. Psalm 44, 8, in God. It's okay to boast. Amen? About who? About God. You can boast about God all day long. God is good. God is great. God did this. God did, did that. I don't care if people get tired of hearing it. I don't care. Because it's recognition of God and what he's doing in your life and giving him glory, right? For what he's, who he is and what he's done. It says, Psalm 44, it says, in God we boast all the day long and praise your name forever. What else? What else? What else should we boast about? Py. I need you to move quicker. We only got like five, six minutes.
3: We should boast about our salvation. Jeremiah chapter 9, I believe 24, says something like that. That If anybody wants to boast, let them boast in the fact that they know me.
0: Amen. Why do we forget about that? Five years goes by, salvation is not even important anymore. We should be giving that testimony, the rest of our, the day you got saved, the day you Understood that Jesus was Lord the day that the Holy Spirit came and became a part of you. That's exciting. What else? What else should we boast about? I put understanding to know Him, that's Jeremiah 9 24. What else in the Lord, right? First Corinthians 1 31. I want you to look at these when you have time. It says, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Amen? Now, what about this one? This one's curious. What about weakness? Is that something to boast about? That's kind of curious, right? Why should we boast in our weakness? I need a a Bible scholar to help me. Why should we boast in our... Matter of fact, who said that? And... Oh, I got my Bible scholars here. So, Apostle Paul, why does he say that?
1: Because where we are weak, God is strong.
0: Amen. Amen. When you're able to admit you're weak, God steps in. God does it. Amen. When I I went in for my surgery, I said, God, just take over. Just protect me. Just guide me through this. It's all on you. I need you to just cover me, just to protect me. I just laid it all in his hands. Amen. Eight hours of cutting. Eight hours of surgery. Amen. Slicing and dicing. Amen? But because God was with me, I made it through. That's one one song by Hillside It says, because he's with me. Amen? Amen. What else? How about the cross? How about the cross? Should we boast in the cross? Yes. We should boast in the cross. That's where my healing came from. That's where my deliverance came from. That's where my favor... Every healing, deliver everything comes from the cross. Salvation from the cross. Without the cross, this thing ain't happening. <laughs> Amen, my brother. I've been waiting for you all night. You've been letting me down. Come on, this got to be strong. Come on. Uh, I, I
4: think uh, it brought something I was reading last night. I think we can also boast in the discipline and rebukes that we get from the Lord. Wow. Um, In Hebrews, it says the Lord uh, disciplines the one that he loves. Wow. Um, So recognizing that that is a way that God shows. Wow. How old
0: are you? How old are you? How old are you? I'm
4: 28.
0: 28. That's a very mature thing to say. I'm being honest. People don't, I mean, I don't like discipline. Do you like discipline? I don't like rebuke. I don't like discipline. But he does it because he loves you and he knows what's best. The sooner you can take rebuke, you can take offense, you can take humble yourself to God, the better you are in life. That discipline is what makes you great. Amen? But many people don't become great because they can't handle that type of discipline from God. So let's move quickly. We got two minutes, three minutes. What not to boast about? You don't have to read the paper. What what should we not boast about, my sister?
5: says that we should not boast um, in, the de- in that our enemies are defeated because um, Jesus said he beheld the enemy fall from heaven, um, uh, like, um, quickly. But uh, but do not rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that you are um, saved. Rejoicing that you Amen.
0: will be in, in eternity with me. Amen. I think the Bible says love your enemies. And when you love them, it's like heaping, it's, it's like putting coals on there over their head, right? You ever love somebody that's trying to destroy? They can't take it. They're trying to destroy you, right, at work, and you still, no matter what, you still love them. You're still happy. You still have your joy. That, that wipes them out. They can't handle it. Amen? So you can defeat them that way. What about wealth? Can't you, I can't stand people to talk about they got this, they got that. Look, I, I don't need to know all, 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 all that. That's your. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're blessed. But I don't need to know your, the details of your thing. Now, if you're attributing it to God in a testimony, that's different. But sometimes when you're down, I don't need to hear everybody, you know, pushing, pushing. Oh, I got a promotion. Oh, I got a thing. And, and they're talking from a personal thing, not a God now, if you're talking about God, see, when people are talking about blessings and they're giving God the glory, I know I'm next, <laughs> right? Because if he did it for you, he can do it for, for me. That's the benefit of testimony, right? But if they're talking about what they did, the promotion they did, they, they did this, they got a new this, they got a new... I'm moving on. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm not interested in all that. So at my age, I can just move on. I don't have to sit there and listen to <laughs> that. What about idols? Do we still have idols today? What are some idols? Social media. Cars, right? We love cars. Cars, we got to have this car. We got to have that car. I just need a car. (laughs) I just need to get from A to B. If God blesses me with some great car, fine. But cars don't mean (laughs) celebrity. Amen. We honor celebrities, right? Look at the downfall of celebrities. I think God is trying to show us something with these celebrities. Forget celebrities. It's about Jesus. (laughs) Amen? Forget celebrity. You don't know what these celebrities are doing. You have no clue. They could be uh, uh, devil worshipers. You don't know what they do in their house. And you're lifting up somebody just because they sing and, and, and make records and have millions of dollars and live in some big thing. Those are the people that end up committing suicide. Right? Because you have more in Jesus than they have in money. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus. I think that's what the song, than silver and gold. Amen. I think that's Kirk. I'm showing my age. I think that's Kirk Franklin, right? Don't boast about tomorrow. That's what James was saying. That's what it said in Proverbs. Wisdom, strength, and riches. Don't boast about that. People don't have to know that you're rich. Do you know that really rich people don't have to tell you they're rich? I'm talking about people that are really wealthy. They don't, do they tell you? People that are super rich. Do you, do you think the guy from, uh, 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 what's the guy, Wilshire Hathaway, what, uh, Buffett. Do you think Buffett goes around telling everybody how rich he is? The people that own Walmart are some of the richest families in the world. Do you, do you know that the guy, uh, Buffett, drives a Honda Accord? I mean, he can have any car, he can have Maserati, he can have any super vehicle, Bugatti. You didn't know I knew Bugatti, right? No, don't worry, a guy can bless me with a Bugatti, don't lie. You're going to see me in the parking lot with my Bugatti. Anyway, people that are wealthy don't need to tell you. It's people that are trying to show and boast in a worldly way that have to show you. Amen? They have to come to work and they have to park the car right in the front. Oh, did you see so-and-so's new? <laughs> they, they couldn't park in the back, right? They got to park right in the front so everybody, oh, whose new car is that in the park? Oh, that's my car. That's just a new, <laughs> a new car. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I don't need to know. Now, if you say, God has given me a miracle. <laughs> I, I don't know how he did it, but he worked it out. And God has blessed me with a new vehicle for my family. It's bigger. And I can move my family around, God is great. God is awesome. God has really, but isn't that different than trying to say what I, un, what I did? Now, the problem with what you did and what you have done is you can handle the success, but guess what you can't handle? You're taking credit for success, but what you, what, what can, you know what you can't handle? I got you. You can't handle failures. So people that don't give God the glory and aren't dependent on God can handle success. But when failure comes, now who's going to take the credit for the failure? Those are the people that end up committing suicide, that are depressed, that are anxious. Because if you're going to take credit for success, you got to take credit for the the failure, right? So I'd rather just be dependent, God, whatever you... Give me whatever you bless me with. I'd like to have this, and I know you can give it to me. So please bless me with this, a car. Please bless me with a nice. I know you can do it. I'm trusting you. And if it's your will, bless me with that. Amen? But if it's not your will, some people, to be honest with you, some people people say, oh, if I just won the lottery and I got $26 million, everything would be fine. Do you know that some people will destroy themselves? Do you know how many people have won? I'm not saying I don't want to win the lottery. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, do you know how many people have won the lottery and their lives are destroyed? They're in more debt after winning the lottery than they were before they won twenty. How do you win $26 million and end up in that? I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, that's what you. said. That's not going to be him. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Amen. David told me my time is out. Py, last word. Go ahead.
3: I just remember the story that Jesus Christ said about the parable of the rich fool. Mm-hmm. I think it's really wonderful for this. Uh, uh, Quickly. Yeah, and he said in in Luke twelve eighteen, and he told them this parable: the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He touched to himself. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns, I'll build a bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you are prepared for yourself? And it says this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God.
0: Amen. Amen. So please, let's get our lesson straight for tonight. What is what is the word of God saying? What are we gonna take home tonight? Hmm? Right. So our heading was what? Warning against boastfulness. Boastfulness, right? Not to brag, not to be boastful. But it is okay to boast and brag on God. Okay? We want to be in alignment. We want to say what? We want to be in God's will. We want to live. And we will do this and that. independent, independency dependency on Christ. Amen? On, in on Christ. There's some things we can boast about which is what God has done, who he is, right? There's other things we cannot boast about. Amen? James wants us to get this lesson because he wants your life to be better. And I want your life to be better, and I want my life to be better. Amen? Can we give him a hand? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's give God some glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.